We're cooking up a great portfolio with an investor. It's easy. I think there are a few important ingredients to cooking up a good portfolio. The first for me, I think a good starting point is to finding a platform that you can invest on that has low fees because while the difference between a 1% fee and a 2% fee may seem very small, when you're actually compounding that fee over your investment lifetime, that could end up being the difference of hundreds of thousands to even millions of rands when those fees are compounded at the end of the day. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. Once again, we're putting on our aprons and turning the stove all the way up as we cook up another great portfolio with an investor. My name is DJ At Large, <laughs> and welcome to the Easy Does It Podcast, your cool guide to investing. Now, today's investor and chef in the Easy Equities Kitchen is Josh Philyun, a senior auditor by day and by night, a man who loves tracking the pulse of global equity markets and investing. He's also a mentor and content creator on the fin me up app and through his blog smart money sa he talks about all things investing josh welcome to the easy does it podcast brother thank you dj thanks for having me that was an awesome introduction glad to be here yes yes before we, are, we get cooking and we turn on the stove for a random money question for you right if you could have a sneak peek into somebody else's portfolio who would it be and why that's a great question before i answer this i think it's important to note that I think for other investors, it's very important when building your own portfolio to try to think independently as far as possible and not to necessarily purchase a share just because someone else has bought it. Although that being said, I do think following investors that have a similar strategy to you can definitely put stocks on your radar that you can then go and research yourself. So that being said, uh, an investor I do look up to that I would love to have a sneak peek into their portfolio is a man named Sean Pesh and he runs the Ranmore Global Equity Fund. I really like his investing style. He has a strong focus towards value and he's someone that doesn't necessarily just follow the herd. He often has slightly contrarian ideas that maybe go against what is happening on the headlines or what most people are doing yeah what you said is really important following people that you look up to uh, and people that don't necessarily agree with everything you think about when it comes to shares they can almost give you a different perspective perhaps the certain share etf that you're very keen on and they give you a different uh, perspective you happen to be the person that i follow that <laughs> me. so i absolutely love that so uh, are you keen to play a little bit of a game with me i want to keep you on your investment toes let's go for it yes so it's a game of never have i ever we've got three statements the first one josh is never have i ever showed off my investment portfolio online is this something that you have done so i can safely say i've never shared any portfolio screenshots of my accounts <laughs> but that being said i do often share with my audience um, if i've bought a new stock in my portfolio or if i've potentially sold something i'll often share uh share those decisions and be very transparent about why i've bought something or if i've sold something um, what's changed or why i no longer hold something because um, i think it's often important to understand the biases when we reading certain investing content because if someone owns a share and they're writing a blog about that share they're obviously going to be a little bit more biased and optimistic 
um, when speaking about that company if it's something they already own. So I think that's something that's important to note whenever you're consuming some financial content is just consider uh, where it's coming from and does this person actually have an interest in what they're writing about yeah that's so important uh, the next one is never have i ever bought a share or etf because i had a good feeling about it i've never bought a share without doing any research at least uh, not in recent years maybe when i was starting out my investing journey but now uh, before i buy a share i like to have a good amount of conviction in that stock and that'll usually come from me actually spending time researching and understanding the business because I think if you buy something and you don't actually have a good understanding about why you bought it or an understanding of the business the minute things maybe go bad and the share starts to drop in price you won't actually feel comfortable holding on that if you don't have a good understanding of why you bought it in the first place. Mm, and the question of research also comes up as well and that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later the last one is never have i ever sold a share or etf because i panicked something has happened in the market you absolutely panic and you sell have you ever been in that situation before so i haven't been in the situation where i've panicked sold because of some news or any any sudden movements in the market but i can definitely think of a few instances where i've bought something and it's gone up in price quicker than I've expected and then I've maybe sold out but potentially sold out too soon and left a bit of profits on the table. Mm, I've definitely been in that situation as well. Josh, I want to get into your money story. I'm keen to know, did you always know that you would end up working in the financial education and finance space? That's a good question. So no, when I was in high school, I definitely did not think I was going to be going into finance. When I was picking my subjects and looking at university degrees I was initially gravitating more towards something in the tech or IT space but I ended up deciding to study accounting and pursue becoming a chartered accountant and it was only then at university that I really started to develop a passion for finance and I think that's what sparked my interest in the markets and I think that interest has only grown ever since university and I think that's just led to me sharing my interest with others online yeah and i love the fact that you share this interest and you educate people and you don't make it super complicated as well growing up josh uh you know was money and investing openly discussed within your household is it something that you guys discussed around the dinner table so i wouldn't say that money was something that was discussed around the dinner table but it definitely wasn't a topic that was off limits or seen as taboo but when it comes to investing i think that's something that was not really discussed much at home i think growing up i wasn't really aware that an ordinary retail investor could manage their own money or build their own portfolio i think i always had the notion that investing and managing your own money was only seen for the elites and someone had to manage your money for you but i think platforms like easy equities have made it so accessible that anyone can actually take charge of their finances and have some control in where they're investing their money. Yeah, and hopefully uh, as this newer generation, when we start to have our own families and kids, that we open up uh, the conversation around saving and investing and managing your money, using the knowledge that we have so that it's almost like a generational thing that we, we start to share with, with our families, which I think is really, really important. I want to take you back to the beginning of your investment journey, right? What was the first share that you ever bought? And by any chance, do you still own it? That's a great question. When I was doing some research for this interview, I really had to go dig through the archives of my EC equity <laughs> statements because I, I couldn't actually remember what the first year I bought was. So 
I had a look and the first shoe I bought was in 2019 and that was Goldfields. Um, the reason I bought it was I had decided to upskill myself and learn about technical analysis and once I had done that I was looking through some charts of some JSE shares and I came across Goldfields and I saw textbook trading pattern and I decided okay this is a good entry point let me make my first purchase so I bought some Goldfield shares and then I think I sold it about a, a month later so sadly I don't still hold that and I'm really kicking myself now because gold and gold shares in particular have really had an incredible run um, since the beginning of the year so sadly I don't still hold that <laughs> yeah I think very few investors still hold on to their first share but you know everybody reminisces about you know my first share some people knew exactly what they were buying others people didn't know what they were buying but that experience of getting the skin in the game was really really great I want us to start talking a bit about investing and in particular your portfolio uh, how would you describe your investment strategy so when it comes to my personal investment strategy I essentially follow a two-bucket approach so in the first bucket is low-cost ETFs that I use to just try and track the market and I do this in my tax-free savings account just to maximize the potential return I can get to avoid any tax when I do eventually realize those gains and withdraw the money one day. So that's the first part of my investing strategy is just a low-cost ETF that I will contribute to consistently every month and just try track the market because if you look at the long-term performance of stock markets, equities have been the best performing assets, I think, over the last hundred years. So that's the first part of my strategy is to just try follow the markets. The next part of my strategy is where I'm actually trying to pick individual stocks to try and outperform the markets. So when it comes to this side of my investing, this is really where I will drill down and do a lot of research into individual companies. So my own personal style of investing, I have a strong focus on value. So I'm really looking for shares that I think are trading at much less than what their fair value is. So these often tend to be stocks that are potentially not as widely covered by most analysts or stocks that are often not making the news. So I really like to take a deeper look at these companies and just get an understanding of what are they worth and try find good businesses that are trading at a, a fair valuation. Yeah, I love this, uh, your, your approach. And on the one side, you've got these low-cost ETFs that give you stability and diversity. Then on the other side, you've got a little bit of your own flavor where you're looking for these value stocks that might not necessarily be sexy. They're not trending. Nobody yeah. is talking about them, but there's actually some real value there. Uh, and it's companies that are doing really well. So I really love your approach in terms of your investment strategy. Josh, for those who are new to the world of investing, what are the key ingredients to cooking up a great portfolio but also achieving financial freedom? That's a great question. So I think there are a few important ingredients to cooking up a good portfolio. The first for me, I think a good starting point is to finding a platform that you can invest on that has low fees because while the difference between a 1% fee and a 2% fee may seem very small, when you're actually compounding that fee over your investment lifetime, that could end up being the difference of hundreds of thousands to even millions of brands when those fees are compounded at the end of the day. So I think definitely focus on trying to find a platform that is secure and offers low cost fees. The next thing that I think is very important is to diversify. So 
We touched on ETFs um, earlier, so I think ETFs are a good way to diversify because you're essentially owning hundreds of companies just through one instrument. So if one company doesn't perform as well in your portfolio, the actual price change in that ETF is going to be very small because the weighting of that company in the ETF will be very small given how many companies you're actually owning. So I think ETFs offer a good way to diversify. But then if you are looking to build a portfolio of individual stocks, I would then say it's important to diversify not only by having more than one company, but also by investing in different sectors of the market. So maybe the financial services sector like a bank or a retailer like Fashini or a commodity company like Goldfields or Savannah Stillwater. So I think it's important to diversify across different sectors so that if one sector is underperforming, you might have other stocks in your portfolio that are in a different sector that might counteract that. So diversifying not only across having multiple shares, but multiple sectors, and I think also across multiple regions. So if you're investing in companies that only earn money in South Africa, if SA consumers start to feel the pressure or feel the pinch, then a lot of your shares in your portfolio could all decrease in value because of the same reason. So having exposure to global markets, I think is very important. And that's, I guess, where platforms like Easy Equities have really come in and offered investors low-cost access to the USD market, to the Australian stock market, to the European stock market and the UK stock market. So diversify globally and across sectors. And then I think another important thing that's often overlooked is to be consistent in your investing. It's it's no use just investing once off and then never again. It needs to be something continuous. As you are growing and as your income is growing, you need to be consistently putting aside money into your portfolio if you really want to see long-term returns. It's not just going to be a once-off exercise. So I think be consistent and always be willing to, to keep learning. I think it's building financial freedom and building a good portfolio is not a it's not a static once-off thing. It's something that constantly needs to be refined and relooked at. So yeah, I think just be eager to learn and just keep growing your knowledge as you go along in your journey. Yeah, some important ingredients around, you know, being careful around fees, um, you know, diversity, consistency in investing. And then one of the really important things that I also like to stress to people is have that spirit of wanting to learn and to understand and to ask a lot of questions that people don't normally do. So really important ingredients. Let's get a sneak peek into your investment portfolio, Josh. What are your three favorite uh, shares or, or ETFs? I'll give you one ETF and two shares. So on the ETF side, one of my favorite ETFs is the Satrix MSCI World Index. So this index basically tracks the MSCI World, which is a global equity index. So this is kind of the core of my portfolio. So in the first bucket where I'm just trying to track the return of the market, I think this is a great product that offers a low cost way to gain that exposure to hundreds of different companies across different stock markets. So I think that's a good ETF, one I like that's performed quite well over the last few years. And then looking at individual shares, two of my favorite companies are both JSE stocks. The one is Santova, that's had quite a good run um, over the last month or two after their released results. So they are a fourth party logistics company 
and essentially what that means is they help businesses outsource their entire supply chain so if a company is looking to let's say import a new product they will manage everything from the customs clearance to the actual physical transport of that good from point A to point B. So I think that's Centova in a nutshell. And then the next company that is one of my favorites in my portfolio is Argent Industrial. And this is a SA-based company that also has some footprints in the UK and the US that's trading at a very attractive valuation multiple and management are actively returning capital to shareholders in the form of share buybacks and in the form of regular dividend payments. So I think those are my two favorite shares in my portfolio at the moment. Yeah, I was smiling while you were speaking because those are two that also feature in my portfolio. So clearly I'm doing something right <laughs> in this investing game. Um, are there any shares in your portfolio that you're holding onto because you're convinced that eventually they will rebound? So one share that I am um, hoping that will rebound is Alibaba and they are a Chinese e-commerce giant. If you haven't heard of them, I think you could compare them to Amazon. Many have called them the Amazon of China. So that's a company that I bought just over a year ago when I thought it was looking cheap, but it has subsequently gotten a bit cheaper and the shares have gone down in value. So that's one I'm still holding on to that I'm hoping it will rebound in years to come. Mm, we all have that one share uh, that's sitting uh, in our investment portfolios. Is there one share that you absolutely regret uh, selling? Definitely. I think one share I bought that many other investors might have also bought in the, height, in the heights of COVID was Sassel. When the company was crashing and oil prices were plummeting, um, I bought some Sassel shares. And after I saw they were up over 100%, I thought, okay, no, I'm going to sell them, lock in the profits. But since then the companies continue to recover and i think the shares are now trading at above 200 rand when i initially bought them i think around 40 rand a share so that i'm kicking myself for not holding on a bit longer and being a bit hasty to sell but i think we all mistakes and it's important to look back at past trades and reflect on them to help us grow and become better investors mm, definitely you know there's something that you do brilliantly on social media and i'd like for us to get into it a little bit um you know when buying shares in, in a company or you're selecting an etf what kind of research do you normally do that's a good question so my research is usually a combination of fundamental analysis and technical analysis i like to phrase it in that i'll use fundamental analysis to help me determine what company i want to buy and I'll then use the technicals to help refine my entry and decide when to buy. So most of the time I will spend researching is on the fundamental analysis of the business. So when doing this, I will be looking at the company's annual financial statements, looking at the balance sheet and seeing how is this company structured? What is the capital structure like? Are they mainly funded through debt or equity? And do they have sufficient assets to pay off their liabilities? Because I think that's very important because if a business's balance sheet isn't healthy, the business could end up being in financial distress and not necessarily have have the financial support to undergo bad times when profits start to, to dry up. So I think balance sheet health is something that's very important for me. I look to invest in companies that have little to no debt. And then when looking at the income statement and the cash flow, I want to find businesses that are cash flow positive and are growing cash flow year on year and not necessarily only projecting positive cash flows long into the future. 
I'd rather buy something that is producing cash flow now than buy something in the hopes of positive cash flows in the future. Interesting way to view a company and to see exactly how's it ticking? How's it ticking? What's exactly going on? And it's something that you do really brilliantly on, on social media. Uh, Josh, what would you say is more important, time in the market or trying to time the market? So I definitely think for 99.99999% of investors, <laughs> time in the market is your friend. Because at the end of the day, I think most of the listeners here, we are long-term investors. We aren't traders. We're not trying to get in and out of stocks and make a quick buck. We're here to make generational wealth and achieve financial freedom. So I think through that, the best thing you can do is to invest for the long-term and invest early and invest often. Um, so I definitely think for most people, time in the market is the best way to go. And I think a lot of us would benefit from checking our portfolios less often than every day. <laughs> Definitely. It goes back to this thing you spoke about around consistency, which touches on time in the market, which is really important. Uh, Josh, what advice do you have for those who are new to the world of investing? Perhaps they're a little bit scared and afraid uh, to get started. So I think starting your investing journey can definitely be very daunting and it is scary making that first step. So I think it's important to to start off small, you don't have to be investing big amounts at the beginning. Even if you're just putting away 50 rand a month, just to get an understanding and a feel of how the platform works, get an understanding of how to research a share. Um, so I think it's important to start small and understand that in the beginning, you are probably going to make mistakes. So rather make those mistakes early on when you only investing small amounts of money than years down the line when you're actually making larger contributions mm, yeah and, and don't be afraid to do research and to ask questions and to listen to these types of podcasts to follow people like you on social media and to ask them questions as well i think that's also really important in terms of what you've you've mentioned as well lastly josh what's currently in your stock watch list what's what's got you uh you know thinking and and, and doing a little bit more research so currently on my watch list there are two shares one on the jsc and one on the american stock exchange so on the JSC, I'm currently researching a company called Lewis. So they are a South African furniture retailer. And then on the US side, I'm currently looking at a stock called Micron. So they make memory chips and we've seen companies like Nvidia have a huge run up in the last year with all the hype of AI given their chips. But Micron makes less glamorous memory chips and they actually own most of the market share along with Samsung. So I think that's an interesting business um, that I'm looking into. It is quite cyclical, but I think we are potentially at the bottom of that cycle. So that is something I'm keeping my eye on. Ah, oh, lovely. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for stepping into the kitchen and of course, cooking up a great portfolio with us. Thank you so much for having me, DJ. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.